It's time to get your shit together with the Gist of It podcast. Hi there, Chris Pearcey here with the Gist of It podcast. Uh, joined today by someone who is an absolute warrior against inequality, uh, has a, a a blunt style and a, a, a wonderful range of things that I feel like she can talk about um, so just without any further ado. Gabriella Framden, how are you doing today? Hi, yeah, all good, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm I'm wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, I have to admit I've been uh, laughing a little bit in preparation about this, which I haven't told you yet. But uh, uh, when you when we agreed a time um, to do this, I kind of just opened up my phone and uh, like asked Google to put an event in my calendar to remind me about this. And then when it popped up this morning, it said um, rather than saying podcast with Gabriella Frampton it came it actually listened um, put it up as the podcast of Gabriella Frampton as if it was some <laughs> sort of um Netflix series um about about something or I was just like the podcast of Gabriella Frampton um obviously it's important but uh yeah um anyway just to kind of go off in complete tangent to start off with but uh, um so yeah the reason I wanted to get you on is because you just you're, you've got such an open style about life in general it seems like where does that like brutal honesty come from my mum <laughs> <laughs> she is brutally honest I mean when I was younger I probably wasn't I was quite shy I was outgoing and I'm an only child so I've always kind of had to put myself out there to make friends otherwise mm. you know I was going on holiday alone or I was walking around Asda alone and I'd have to you know make a friend to or you know I'd, I'd talk to a crisp packet or something you know to <laughs> to have that company and I love being an only child but mm. I think being an only child I've had to kind of become um more outspoken and open to to create relationships and friendships with people um but my mum yeah she's um people but oh bless her that's uh I you know I think there's um there's a lot to be said for people who can just just come out and just say, yeah, actually this. And then you know, that's one of the reasons, like, you know, like I said, I wanted to get to, to get you on because, you know, particularly with things like um, inequality mm-hmm. uh, in the world, you just, it just seems like the uh, Black Lives Matter, um, trans women, things like you just, you just have this ability just to go, you know what? No. And that's, <laughs> you just, like you're, 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 um, on your Instagram in particular, you're just like, yeah, this this is not okay. And just kind of sharing stuff that just, and I, and I think it's really important because, you know, a lot of people just don't get it. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I think particularly with the, the trans women thing, that people, people just don't get it. Uh, they don't, yeah. don't get it at all. They're just like, well, you're either a man or a woman. There's not, it's like, yeah, what if your brain was female and it's in a, a man's body or, you know, vice versa, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. How, I mean, how, how, how do you do that? How do you do that? It's like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, they're vocal and because they have to be, but mm. also they ask us to use our voices to support them and be their allies. And if you have a voice, use it, you know, um, don't use it if it's for bad. <laughs> obviously but this is the other this is the other thing i think you know um racist and people who have a phobia of queerness and queer people and people of that community um 
somehow seem to have a voice again and it's like well fuck you go back to your little caves go away and keep it to yourself because they feel like now for some reason it's okay to speak up and I don't know if it's because of quarantine or Donald Trump or the media I don't know why but all of a sudden since since all this has happened everyone seems to have a, a voice and feel like they can speak up and dismiss or belittle and disgrace people who really don't deserve any of that you know love is love let people be who the fuck they want to be it doesn't affect us it really doesn't if you identify as a man or a woman or both or why does it you know why does it it doesn't affect us it doesn't if you see someone in in the shop and you know you assume that they're a man but they're wearing a dress why do we feel the need to ask them or to stare or to feel like we have to know Mm. who they are or what's between their legs like I don't understand why we have to care I that it doesn't yeah you know I I don't know I don't really it's 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 incredibly strange that you know it we some people feel like it's like important to know what happens when their bedroom door closes yeah like it's not. Or the bathroom door, you know? Some people don't door, really you know. care about their who they want to sleep with. They just want to know what's between someone's legs. And why? I mean, I get the general curiosity in life, but why make why be so outspoken about it? And then when they tell you and you don't think that's right, why disagree? Do you know, you know, why mm. why be vocal? Why disagree with such I, I don't I'm, yeah. I'm not asking you why you're wearing that hoodie today or why you're wearing headphones. I don't care. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah. What, it's, 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 it's a very strange thing. thing. I think that, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest question of all, um, or the biggest point that you've made of all is like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect, you know, like if, if you know, if I was, I'm straight, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight white male. I'm about as boring as it, as it comes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we're having this conversation, if I happen to be gay, it wouldn't impact you on in, in, in the conversation a little. I'm still, you know, would have the same thought processes and everything, and just as a, and the same as you. Or, you know, it's just it, it blows my mind that you know people just don't seem to get it, and 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 also that you know whether it's the racism thing or the sexuality thing, it just I just don't understand how people's brains work mm-hmm. you know, particularly when it's just like an amount of pigment in the in the skin this is like what yeah like, like i i i don't understand it i really i and yeah. i think that's where my anger and my outspokenness comes from because i i don't understand the thought process of those negative people and i get really angry as you know the comments that you see on social media when you know um a media outlet puts a post up about something and you know these trolls literally appear out of nowhere and they're normally the same people on every single post commenting about something or other and the, yeah. the things that they say I just think how does your mind go from there to there and the ones who also the, the all lives matter brigade I just I can't like you explain it in several different ways to them that what they're saying is wrong and that no one is saying all lives don't matter, but right now black lives matter. You know, we they need us, but they still can't comprehend that. And they think they're doing right, but they're mm. actually 
they're they're doing so wrong and they're not helping anyone by saying the things that they say and the frustration comes from people not understanding or listening or even caring they don't care they don't care if they care they 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 do what everybody else has done Mm. and read a book or five and listen to people and understand try to understand at the very fucking least well yeah it would be nice i mean it's amazing to me that you know this week um i think four different <clears throat> black premier league footballers have received like racist abuse on instagram you know um anthony martial um axel twin zaby uh, reese james and a player from west brom that just just you know Man United played like absolute dog shit against Sheffield United and lost. And I mean, you know, as a as a Man United fan, which you know, alienate some people, it was painful to watch. But at no stage did I ever think, you know, I should go and insult the, these players in person. Let alone go and put fucking monkey emojis in a message to a, a black person. I mean, I, you see it and you just go, "Fuck you so much." How? Yeah. How, how can you? What is wrong with your brain? Well, you dropped on your head. Like, <laughs> like, oh, but yeah. But you know, like you're, you're, I feel like all you can do is just show your level of madness about it and go, no, this, and just point people in the right direction. And, you know, as I say, I said in a million times, you know, in my professional work and on the podcast is that, you know, once something's out of your control, you have to just let it go. Know because mm. there's nothing you can do about it, so you can you know hold your screen up and point something at them, but you know, where, whether they close their eyes or go la 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 and put their fingers in their ears, <laughs> you know, that's um, yeah, that's where I struggle. That's where I struggle. I think the majority of June, after what happened in America with George Floyd and all the protests and everything, um, I think I probably spent what felt like um, weeks. Probably the whole of June, I spent most evenings on Facebook and not really Instagram because I kind of I filter my um, I change my algorithm so that um, I, I don't really see much negativity on there. It's, it's a nice mm. for me. Instagram's a nice positive place, um, which is probably why I spend quite a lot of time on it. Um, but it was mainly on on Facebook. Um, I spent most evenings arguing with ignorant, racist people. Um, because I felt like, you know, I've been asked to use my voice by a community of people and I was trying my hardest to use it. And, you know, I spent a month doing that and I was fucking exhausted. How the fuck can people go through their entire lives doing that and not feel, I mean, they do, they feel a certain, they feel a certain way every single day because they feel like they're constantly having to battle. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't remember, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but they have to, they feel like they have to be a certain way in order for society to accept them, all because of the colour of their skin. And it's just like how, like, you know, I cannot, like, cannot comprehend how, you know, that must feel, because it's, it's shit. I felt felt like shit for a month. (laughs) I mean, silver shit now, but I only did it, I only did it every day for a month, but people do it every fucking day of their lives. From mm. being a child to adulthood and I just it blows my mind yeah it's I mean it must be exhausting it must be like the most 
difficult thing just to try and try and have to be someone else for mm. other people every yeah. single day like so i mean it's i, mean, I, I kind of i mean it's different obviously but yeah, as as someone who's been through um, depression myself, and you know, had to go to an office job previously, and just have to pretend everything's okay, yeah. you know, and you kind of put this mask on, and you go in, and you're like the happy kind of joker and everything, and then you like get home, and you just think about wanting to die, you know. It must be, in some ways, a bit like that, that where you have this thing where, rather than getting, but you don't get the joy of kind of taking the mask off and being yourself at the end of the day because you still have to kind of show up with this mask on of I'm acting in the way like I feel like I should be acting so that I'm accepted by you as opposed to just turning up and going yeah this is who I am yeah. and you know depression is flipping exhausting you it know, really it's just it takes so so much energy just to to get through the day so that yeah, you don't want to do much once you've got through the bit and yeah. you, then you don't get to do the end up missing out on the things that you actually wanted to do because you're just fucking naked, basically. Uh, yeah. Does that does that resonate with you? Um, it does. Um, I mean, for me, when I had depression, I didn't really know to be honest um, mm. to begin with, um, and I kind of my go-to is to bottle things up and. I don't I don't know I'm doing it I really don't and I just kind of shut down and mm. things are inside and I don't talk about it it doesn't affect me I have the odd little chat with someone and you know it is what it is very much what we're doing all now when we're trying to get through <laughs> um, <laughs> lockdown 3.0 it is what it is you know and then you move on yeah. um, and that's how I dealt with it and then one thing led to another and I found myself not working um, out of my own choice and it just hit me like a ton of bricks like I was depressed I was anxious um, I realized I had I've had an eating disorder um, for probably since the age of like 13 or 14 and mm. at this point I was like 20, I think I was 23 22 23 um, mm. and I literally couldn't leave the house and I couldn't find a job because i didn't have the energy i mean i couldn't even go and do a food shop so was there a moment where like a triggering moment where you just went oh fuck i'm depressed or was it was there or was there a, a something that an incident that happened that kind of led you to real like the realization or was it how, like, how, how did you know because i think some people like you said can be completely blissfully unaware that they have depression um until and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I am. So what was it like yeah. for you? I, no, I never had like a, a eureka moment where it was like, oh, I'm, I'm depressed. And this explains the last 10 years of my life. <laughs> um, I never, never had that. I kind of, I, well, I, I probably did, but I don't remember. I have this, again, it goes back to my, my me mechanism in my brain that just switches things off and I don't think about things. I mean, mm. I have, there are memories that I, I I don't know, like bad things have happened and I know they happen, but I don't know any details. I can't remember. I genuinely cannot remember. Mm. Um, I should probably speak to a doctor about that, but I don't <laughs> know if I haven't. Um, so for me, no, I, I have no eureka moment of thinking, oh, okay, I'm depressed. This explains things. It was just, I just had the period of time where I couldn't leave the house. 
there was a week where I couldn't, I didn't go downstairs. Um, I just kind of stayed in my room or the spare room, um, my house. And my husband now, he was, he was my fiance then. Um, he was really good to be fair. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was just like, this is happening. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was a shit time. And I always, you know, refer to it as a black hole because it is, you know, you kind of, you're in this darkness of everything. You hate yourself. You hate everyone around you because you don't know if you can trust them or they hate you. So you just keep them away. Um, and you, well, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but this is my, these are all my, this is all my experience. You know, mm. everybody, everybody's different. Everybody deals with it differently. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really hard time. And I'm actually, you know, it's one of my biggest fears is that I'll end up back there. Um, but such would have happened been <laughs> for a number so, of years. So obviously you had your um, partner there, which sounds like mm. he did absolutely everything you could you know you and I think it's difficult supporting someone with depression because you know you, you don't you just want to fix them you just want them to be happy again and yeah. you just struggle to know what to say and probably almost blissfully unaware that there isn't anything you can actually say so and it's just the fact that he was there that is is the is the important thing you know you just it, just yeah I think for people with depression and anxiety I think if you if you have a loved one with, with with them you have to just be there don't expect you know to say something or to do something and it's back to normal you know your, your loved one is is better it won't happen like that they have they kind of have I think for me I had to do it by myself I had to get there by myself and I had to push myself um every single day to get there I mean you go to the doctors and they prescribe you happy pills and it works for some people I I didn't want to be on happy pills. Um, I smoked a lot of weed when I was younger. And I think leading up to what happened, I I actually stopped smoking weed because I'd got, I had a promotion. I'd worked really hard on a job for a job that I really wanted and I got it and it didn't pan out. And that's fine. It was absolutely fine. Um, and I think me deciding to leave there because again, I had a few fuck you moments in that job with people that I didn't think were treating others fairly mm. um, and yeah I think when I left there because I was in London I was working Monday to Friday in London there for, for a large company I came back home uh, permanently and that's when it all kind of hit me and I think you know having that I, I feel I, I have everything moment to then oh I'm back home and I am nothing again mm. I kind of fell into the hole I spiraled I spiraled so <laughs> what was what were the things that you did that allowed you allowed you to kind of pull yourself out of that kind of black hole as you described it you know, what were the tools techniques things what, what made the difference um I again I, as I said I pushed myself to do things like you know I knew I didn't want to but I had to do I had to go to the shop for a start I had to do that um you know because that was my worst when I literally couldn't even I couldn't get out of the car I just sit there and I was frozen like I, I just couldn't the thought of going in there was like walking into 
hell you know it, mm. that's, that's how it felt um so I, I did that um we've been looking to get a dog for a while and this seems like the right time to get a dog um as i refer to it now i, I had some paternity leave because i, I wasn't working so i was like perfect uh... up. um and yeah i pushed myself to to go to a stranger's house to meet them and their dog and their puppies and we got we chose her and we got her and then because I had her, I had to go out, had to go to the vets. I had to buy her food. I had to meet with other people who had puppies to, for her to play. I had to go to classes. I had to take her for walks and meet people. And gradually, I kind of got better and better and better. And then within a number of months, I was like, right, going to go for a job again, you know. And then me, she is my saving grace. And everyone's always, I mean, you've seen my social media. She is my baby. I love, she is my baby. I've She's a never seen anyone love an animal more <laughs> than the, it's Pig, isn't it? Pig, yeah. Well, her name's Ziggy, but we I, I refer to her as Pig more than Okay. Ziggy. Yeah, I've, I've never I've never seen anyone love a, an animal more than the, <laughs> than you love your dog. Like, is it? But you know, I can I can appreciate. I mean, if like if if she's the thing that took you out of the hole, I mean, because as, essentially you've done you've kind of therapied yourself. Because if you went to see a therapist about depression, you know, depending on the type of therapist that you see, what they do is they'd get you to slowly reintegrate yourself into life by just doing things that were just, just a little bit more challenging than you know than you were comfortable with. And then so you know, by kind of getting Ziggy and going through that process where you kind of just had to because of a, of a kind of commitment you'd made to the dog you know it, it, it makes sense so you know if she you know if if a dog had pulled me out of my depression I'd be uh, high-fiving that dog a lot uh, because like you said it's like a big fear is going back to that place again so yeah but yeah, ultimately, yeah, I hope you also realise that it is you that did it. So, you know, don't, don't, don't discount yourself from that equation. Yeah, for sure. No, I do I do know that, but I, I, I really love and appreciate her. I, I mean, I say that, I, I just closed the door on her because she's barking out the window and we're doing this. So I didn't want to <laughs> have the so I, um, Thanks for everything, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, just shut up, shut up. Um, but no, she, she is, I, you know, she... She is an unofficial therapy dog for me. Um, if I'm having a down day, she is there for me no matter what. Um, she loves me unconditionally. I mean, as a pet, as a pet care now, a pet care professional, I do not recommend anyone who has depression or anxiety to get a dog to soothe that issue <laughs> you have because dogs are for life and not for depression. Um, but she she saved she saved my life. She she really did. She 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 saved my husband's life as well because obviously you know he it wasn't it's not fair it's it's not fair I didn't I didn't have a choice it happened on me it happened to me mm. um but it wasn't fair for him to to have to watch what I was going through and live through what we were going through um so yeah I love her more than anything in the world oh baby and I'll do anything for her it is genuinely lovely that you kind of have that yeah. it really it really is and like i said never never seen anyone love an animal more it's um <laughs> is 
sickening really sickening <laughs> yeah I get that a lot <laughs> but, and you don't give a shit which is great no I have a very unhealthy relationship with my sappy and I'm proud of it <laughs> I am and, and and why shouldn't you be um you mentioned um before about the um about having an eating disorder and yeah. you, you you talk quite a lot about uh on on social media about people um having to fall in love with their bodies are you happy talking about that yeah yeah i'm quite happy to talk about that so you said you if I remember rightly from just a moment ago you said that you kind of had this eating disorder without even realizing it yeah i had no i, I genuinely had no idea i think um few years prior and around the time of me being of realizing that I was depressed um I was probably in my worst place um with with it and I didn't know mm. um, and again I don't really know how it came about obviously I I, I think from see it's, it's hard to, I don't even know where to start with this because there's there's you know I think eating disorders start from a very very young age whether you know actually um have it as such and you show symptoms mm. but i think you you kind of have it ingrained in you um mm. that you need to be a certain way or you know because eating disorders aren't just about being too slim you know eating disorders are you know you can you can be over I say overweight you can be a size you know you don't I don't know the word to say that doesn't sound offensive um I think most people listening will know that you're not saying anything in an offensive way it's yeah um you know you can be a larger size and still have an eating disorder and it's not necessarily about you're eating too much you're still you're not eating enough and you'll have a very unhealthy relationship with food in your body so mm. I think eating disorders aren't just about being too slim but for me personally um I wanted to be skinny. I'd rather have looked unwell and skinny than been slightly larger and actually a healthy weight. Um, and think that people thought, oh, she's, you know, she's a bit chubby. I didn't want people to think that. And so for me, and I think, again, it starts when I was younger and all I think our generation ever saw um, in magazines because we didn't we didn't have social media growing up it was all magazines and on the tv and celebrities was size zero and mm. we were told that that's what a woman should look like um your ribs should be poking out your hip bone should be visible um you shouldn't have a big bum which you know it's quite funny to think now i watch some programs now of um like reality shows and they're like oh i don't want to eat that because i don't want it to go to my bum whereas everyone now wants it to go to your bum everything which, directly to my ass so it's yeah exactly as as everything to my ass and my hips but then <laughs> you know when we were younger that was not at all the ideal and i say that with my fingers ideal yeah. body shape um and you didn't see a variety of women in these magazines or on television it was really stick thin women or the women who were overweight were funny and they were the funny best friend. They were never the leading roles. They mm. were never, um, I mean, you know, they were never the glamorous women. They were they were really usually the funny ones, um, yeah. which is fantastic with that stereotyping. Um, and again, I just think growing up, for me, I've, you know, 
no, the supermodel look, I guess, the Nicole Ritchie, the Paris Hilton, the Kate Moss, Naomi Campbell, that's all we were ever really, really shown. Um, mm. And I think it just took a toll when I got older and I realised that I had been starving myself. I had a fantastic metabolism when I was a teenager, like most people do. Mm. Um, you know, I could, you know, not eat for a day or just have one meal in a day and the next morning I would be my ideal weight. Mm. <laughs> Whereas now when I'm in my 20s, it doesn't quite work. Um, yeah. And I think I learned how to how to dress lose weight quite quickly uh by not eating surviving on water or coffee um smoking mm. i started smoking from a very young age smoking cigarettes um and that obviously suppressed my my appetite um and remained in a, a slim position and when i'm stressed i drop it as well because again i bottle things up i forget things and i don't eat um mm. so it, I fluctuate and I've, I've fluctuated sort of from being a teenager from a size anything from a size zero to I mean this is to now I mean from a zero to 12 mm -hmm. um, and either either any size I've been any in-between size I've been I've never been happy with my body and I think that is that purely down to the fact that it has been ingrained in me um, from a child uh, that not for my parents this is purely the media you know whether it's the tv or magazines that mm. size zero or skinny unhealthy looking person is glamorous sexy beautiful when in reality it's not you look ill so you said that you know you had it kind of in your mind that from you know from various different places that you should be a size zero and that was that was sexy that was hot i mean i, I remember that that time yeah. And kind of the people you're kind of referring to. So when you were actually at kind of achieved inverted commas, your size zero that you were so desperate for, <laughs> was there a green light that said, well done? Or did it just, or was it just like, yes, that's fine for today. But you know, what was there ever any sense that everything was right because you got to this certain weight or so basically what, what happened when you achieved your, inverted commas goal is what I'm kind of interested to know um the brutal reality is acne bloating um I was constipated for a very long time mm. I had to take yeah I know it, 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 the brutal reality is that so it's not like oh I'm I'm this skinny I look fantastic you actually have some serious issues afterwards yeah. um and I for me, I mean, there were moments where I was like, oh, I look so good. I'm going to go find me a man at the weekend. And it's like, <laughs> I thought that, but actually, no, it kind of, I was so unhappy, so unhappy. I mean, I'm still unhappy with my body now, but I am teaching myself to love it. Um, but you, you, it's, the reality of it is, you know, you either have the shits or you don't shit or you have acne or you're seriously bloated because you're not getting the right nutrients you need or you are the habit or you have it's because you have the shits or you can't shit that's why you're bloated <laughs> and I, I don't really care about people knowing that because i think that's the the truth um and, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of you know, like i said that's why i wanted to get get um get on it because i knew that you'd kind of talk about it in this kind of yeah. very um upfront way i mean i'm as you were talking there, I was just thinking of um, uh, Jamila Jamil, who I'm presumably you're very familiar with, um, and her kind yeah, of fight, 
and her fight against like the Kardashian kind of promotion mm-hmm. of like oh take this pill or whatever it's like yeah like it's, tea and lollipops that's the pressure appetite yeah yeah so it's like yeah but that's bullshit, literally... they all just give you the shits yeah so you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna like you're gonna lose a hell of a lot of weight but you're not gonna like how it goes down you know it's um no, I, 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 I lost um, a stone in two weeks with gastroenteritis. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it as a diet. Um, no. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to lose weight, just find someone that's got a gastroenteritis yeah. and get them to, like, spit in your mouth, you know, if that, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> I think that the can we make can we make spit in your mouth jokes at you know during 2020 and 2021? I don't think I don't any, think we're any, anything that. goes anything goes in 2021. <laughs> it's just the the, the 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 you know it's the year of oh who gives a fuck now? You know it's like yeah that it's quite. um it's uh it's it's pretty awful. I mean, the, yeah, I think it's it's, it's interesting that yeah, people um. You know, as someone who's kind of helped people with weight loss when I was doing hypnotherapy, mm. um, it's very interesting that people kind of set this idea of a number on the scales uh, at which point some sort of magic rainbow appears and everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel absolutely okay, so you've got to eight stone 12. Mm-hmm. Um, now what? Well, yeah, I, I just have know. to, I, I just have to just stay here forever, or you know, it's um. <laughs> yeah. It's um, you know, I, I'm someone who has um, suffered quite badly with self-esteem, just feeling just very unattractive. E- e- and even when I kind of worked out and kind of inverted commas got ripped or whatever, or you know, I've still kind of just gone. You know, there's times I've just gone, yeah, but I'm still. I I want to see that bit of ab. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when I see that bit of, in that little inch right there. Yeah. That, that, if I get that ab there. <laughs> then I'll think that I'm hot. And if I got that, I'd be like, well, I kind of need slightly bigger pecs. And it just, yeah. yeah, ultimately there's never any, there's never any weight. There's never any picture. There's never any, anything that you're ever going to get to that switches on a light bulb and changes everything. It's mm. um, so the thing that I did, and this started um, about a year ago is I just started taking a photo of myself every single day. And whatever that photo looked like i wouldn't delete it because you know back in the day you'd get like your kodak out you know and you'd take a photo and you wouldn't see the results for um you know seven days or something when you're trying to fill up filled up the film in the camera and you go get the picture back and go oh that's cool i've got a picture yeah. and you were kind of just grateful <laughs> for the fact you had a picture but now you've got a phone that can take 200 photos in a minute and you take all these yeah. selfies and go no my eye looks a bit weird there no i've got a spot no and you, you you kind of go through and you can just scrutinize every little last thing about what you look like. So yeah, I did this thing. I was just like, right. Okay. Here's a photo of me. And that's a photo of me. That is, that is literally what I look like. No filter, no, whatever, just putting, taking a photo, looking at it and just kind of accepting it. Just like trying to learn to love that what I'm seeing is what, what is in front of me is, is, is me. And tomorrow when I take another photo, I'll look a little bit different. Yeah, for, for for whatever reason, for a different angle or whatever, or maybe a bit, a bit more time, maybe a spot sign to be still me, you know, and just going through that every single day and just, and just kind of almost just practicing this idea of just pure self-acceptance. You know, whatever's in the photo is in the photo. Um, that, that's, that's what, you know, worked for me. And I'm still not, 
I'm kind of now at the point where I can kind of look at myself and just go, yeah, I'm attractive. Because I understand completely, and this is the thing that people miss, is that perfection and attractiveness is the most like subjective thing in the world. You know, everyone has a different opinion. Um, oh, sure. With, with, with the acceptance of Ryan Reynolds, who's just globally accepted as perfect. Um, really? No, I didn't see it. I yeah, you, that's why you just there you go there you go exactly <laughs> no, he's, he, he's like if i could go for a beer with anyone it'd probably be ryan reynolds just, is he you know. he's um the green guy isn't he he's no. deadpool deadpool yeah red yeah. guy yeah red yeah. guy and he, he was yeah. the green guy in the, the, the green lantern which he doesn't like to talk about but, uh, <laughs> oh so yes i thought he was yeah yes yes he was um but yeah no it's, it's the idea <laughs> which like, he doesn't I, I, like to talk about <laughs> Yeah, or he kind of rips the piss out of himself in Deadpool about being in the Green Lantern. So, um, there you go. Come I didn't some, like some... it. I didn't like it. Well, I again, tried. you, you, really you, you're, just wrong. you're just wrong. I know. And this is the thing. Um, like, there's no point that there is no perfect in anything. No, um, everything is absolutely subjective. So, going through this idea of trying to achieve the perfect weight doesn't exist. Mm. Is it doesn't. And it's, it it's damaging. And I, think, and I think we, again, you know, going back to being younger, I think we're always told that, you know, being a certain way is how you should be. And it's it's healthy, it's normal, but health and weight, you know, aren't necessarily the same thing. I know so many people who eat so healthily, like ridiculously healthily. And, you know, they've always thought that they had to lose weight, but they still eat healthy and they are healthy individuals. They exercise, they eat well, you know, mentally they're healthy as well. But, you know, you put them on some scales and someone would say, oh, no, 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 no. You have too many, too many numbers there or your, you know, your clothes size is too high. You shouldn't be above a 14, you know. And it's just, you just think like, why are we told that? Like, I don't understand. Like my BMI, I went to the doctors when I had some of my issues with, um, you know, my eating disorder. And again, this is when I was unaware of everything, but I was so skinny. Like, like it was like, I, I posted a photo on my Instagram. I don't, I, you might not have seen it, um, but it was a picture of me on holiday and horrible it's, it's awful I have you can see my bones because you hit bones I've my, you can see like bones popping out my shoulders and stuff um mm. I don't really know how much I weighed I think I was around about seven stone bearing in mind I'm a size six now and I weight over nine stone so mm. it's that's quite a quite a drastic difference yeah um and I got on the scales and they did my height and my weight and they did my BMI oh you're perfectly healthy and I wasn't, I wasn't at all. I was there because I had no periods. Um, my stomach was bloated. My 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 um, lower intestine was swollen because of all of the above. And I was taking yeah. laxatives to lose weight. Um, and because they told me I was healthy, I'd walk away and I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I look fucking fantastic. And I'm the healthiest I've ever been because my BMI said so. Yeah. And that's not... It's the worst, it's the worst measure of healthiness I think there, there possibly is. Yeah. I mean, that... I think that if I did my BMI now, bearing in mind, I'm, I'm not in amazing shape because I'm still kind of recovering from back surgery, but um, my BMI says that I'm overweight. My, it's yeah. ridiculous. And I, 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 think, I think the last time I did it, it was 25.5. So I'm only just, but the, I, I, work, I think I worked it out is that just, just for myself, to just kind of point out how ridiculous a BMI is, is 
it suggested that I, by, by BMI, that rather than being my weight and how I was, I would actually be healthier um, if I lost four and a half stone. Four that, and a half stone? That would, that would take me right down to the very bottom of the lowest part of the healthy BMI scale. This is what I worked out. So to have like an 18.1 BMI, I th- if I lost four and a half stone, which would which would have put me at about nine, no, would have put me at eight something, eight and a half, that would be considered more healthy than me being um, the, the weight that I was. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I said, is it an extreme example? I mean, if I'd lost three pounds or four pounds or something like that, I would have been healthy. But yeah, they said by their thing, they said I was overweight. And I was just like, luckily, I'm of the kind of very logical mindset that I can just look at things and go, oh, shut up. Yeah. And just go, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite obviously not overweight at all. No, you're not. Do you know, I was similar. thinking you look like you've lost weight since the last time I saw you. I've, I've probably lost, a, I've lost some <clears throat> bulk because I've not been able to work out properly from because um, obviously my, my my back operation but um mm. yeah I'm uh, I'm probably in the healthy BMI thing now but yeah it's just it's just absolute nonsense I'm glad yeah. that I can just look at it and go that is nonsense because some people will just be led by that like you said you know you went to the doctor they did a BMI they you were told you were healthy and then that just kind of ticks a box and if, it, if you're in a certain mindset it can just tick a box in your head and you go Oh, thank God for that. I'm healthy. I'll carry on yeah. doing all of yeah. these kind of unhealthy activities that are making me, um, you know, feel shit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was actually, it was a colleague of mine who said to me um, once that um, I think, you know, it was in front of other people and at the time I didn't take it very well, but she was very right. Um, she said to me, oh, I think you have body dysmorphia because I was so slim and I was talking about saying, you know, I, I, I just want to lose a little bit more weight. And, I, you know, I mean, so, I, you know, it's very difficult to find clothes. In the, I mean, at that time, you couldn't buy clothes in the UK that were, I mean, you could, but, you know, there were specialist websites or, you know, they were very expensive because they were, for, you know, they were designed clothes um, lower than a size six. Um, so a size six clothes for work were too big for me. They were like a little bit, a little bit baggy a little bit saggy around around the tummy and I wanted something more more fitting mm. um and I was completely oblivious and she said I think you have body dysmorphia and I got really annoyed with her like I was really kind of like how fucking dare you how dare you say that in front of people and how dare you say that to me I am absolutely fine um and then yeah years later I realized that she was completely fucking right yeah. <laughs> And um, I did have body dysmorphia because I did not see it. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was at certain, I thought I was, you know, fitting into certain clothes sizes, but in the mirror, I looked into me in my head, I looked a lot bigger. I, I would say to myself, why are these like, you know, size clothes, size six clothes fitting me or too big for me when my thighs look like that or I look like I should be wearing size 14 or 16 clothes and there's nothing wrong with those sizes but that's not the size that I wanted to be at the time Mm. and it was was really weird and it wasn't until I saw a photo of myself that I didn't post on social media um, because I thought I looked fat and then years later I looked at it and I looked and I thought fuck I look 
ill. Like my like my legs looked like the size of my arms, and mm. in that, but at the time I did not see that. I gen like, which is what baffles me with it all is that that's not the photo I saw. I saw a completely different person at the time in that image, and it's so weird. So, yeah, and it makes you not trust your mind. It makes you not trust your your, your body or anything. Even yeah, now, I just it's... don't. I don't know what I look. I don't know what I look like. You know, yeah. I know it sounds really bizarre, but I don't know what I look like. So I just think, fuck it. Now I just tell wear what I want, and if it, if it if it's you know not uncomfortable, I'll wear it. Well, I think that's a pretty good attitude to have. I mean, I mean, to I do kind of think that telling someone they've got body dysmorphia in front of a group of people is not very nice thing to do yeah. <laughs> even, even if she was right I mean I think if you have concerns about that then then you know they need to be addressed in a certain way in a kind of one-to-one conversation yeah, um, yeah had you, sure. when when that was kind of said to you were you aware of body dysmorphia as a thing at that point not at all I had so no idea it, was that like the first time you'd heard the expression or? Yeah, it, it was, it was. And I actually said like, what does that mean? And she said, oh, um, you just can't see what you look like. You, you're, you're really skinny, you're, you you know, you look fine. You don't need to lose any weight. And I, to be honest, um, and again, I think this is the, um, this was the eating disorder talking. I actually, in my head, um, I thought, oh, she's, she's just jealous that, you know, I've I've lost weight um mm. and no she genuinely I think she gen I think I genuinely think that she cared and she didn't know really how to approach it and it just came out and mm. that's how it was I mean I worked with a group of women it was so there were you know catty moments we all cared about each other but there were catty moments mm. um I just thought that was one of them I just put it down to that and I kind of dismissed it um yeah I, I, I think it's it's such a a weird thing to kind of be told about mm. if, if it's completely alien to you and it can feel like just an, an absolute insult but the yeah. thing is that you know in my experience you know, I don't have a huge amount of therapeutic experience of dealing with people who've had um, eating disorders because often it's it goes beyond the realms of what you know I feel comfortable mm. dealing with but quite often in my experience the eating disorder basically um controls every part of the brain it's not like it ever switches off yeah. so every everything you see everything you hear has to go through this filter that the you know the, the eating disorder puts in front of you so you know if you get told you have body dysmorphia then the eating disorder is going to kind of appear that and yeah like you say respond in the most like <laughs> shit we've been rumbled what do we say <laughs> what 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 can we say to kind of um yeah. you know, get, get away from this we'll, we'll get angry and bitchy and push that person away because we don't yeah. want to hear that and, and that's what it ends up doing um yeah it's um it's terrifying and it's it's, it's a like i think some people can think it's like could be a bit blase about it but it's a very real thing that mm. you can just you know, you look through the mirror, look at look in the mirror, and you'll end up you're looking through this kind of filter of body dysmorphia, and it's like going to the the fun fair and looking at the the, the, the weird mirrors. Yeah, it is. It literally is. It it I can't even like I was, again like it's it's mainly for me uh, looking in the mirror, but photos. I mean, like you said, you take photos every day, 
I I tried that last year. I didn't. I I, I didn't really. It didn't work for me. It was. Mm. Um, I would just look at a certain thing, and my face would just morph, and I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it's pictures for me. I look at pictures, and I think, oh my god, why? I remember thinking a certain feel, thinking and feeling a certain way when I took that picture, and then like a week later, I look at it, and I'll have completely different emotions on it. Um, but it is very much like you said with the fun fair mirrors it's like you know you look at the one where it makes you look a lot bigger that's how it feels on a day-to-day basis like how is this mirror going to portray me today is it going to give me you know massive thighs or is it going to give me you know a small flat stomach and I and I don't know what's real I don't know I honestly Mm. do not know like it's and I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say but even now I don't know because it still affects me like you know, if I have plans coming up, obviously we have so many plans coming up. Over. So many plans. Know, so many plans. But if I have plans <laughs> coming up, I, I will restrict my intake of food so that I have a flat stomach still. And I'm trying not to do that. I know that's wrong. I am aware now. I'm aware of my disorder. So I, I I work on it and I don't, I'm not unhealthy, but I, I still have that in the back of my mind on a, on a Thursday and a Friday, or you're going to go for drinks on tomorrow, on Saturday night. So you know have a light a couple of light meals and maybe skip breakfast those two days so that you know your stomach's flatter and you don't bloat as much and you know it's yeah it's crazy it's it's amazing how much we can be impacted by and it's i guess ultimately it comes down to worrying about what other people are going to think of us Mm. um you go well if oh my god if my stomach isn't completely flat then no. I mean, what, what, what is the, just out of interest, I don't want to dive into therapy with you, uh, <laughs> but um, do, like, if you were to not have a flat stomach, what's the sort of thing that goes through your head? It's like, if I don't have a flat stomach, th- then what? What's the concern? Um, for me, I just feel uncomfortable in my skin. I feel, um, I don't, it's not that I feel like something is going to happen from it. I just yeah. don't comfortable I felt like you know you know when you're having those bad days and you just want to sit in your pajamas mm. and see no one that's how I feel um I just feel feel quite I just feel disgusting and there's nothing disgusting about it it's it's a real body it's a human body it's what our bodies do and I am aware of that um but I'm also aware of how I how it can make me feel I'm so much better now I mean now i I at the minute I don't really care I'm not really fussed but I know Mm. come the summer when you know clothes are tighter and smaller um and less um I will it'll probably I I will be triggered for sure I know I will um but it's 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 it it's just how I know I feel and I just feel like I feel disgusting I can have like five showers and I still don't feel clean Mm. and that's me it sounds like it's better than it was and it's heading in the right direction. And I think, I think this, the thing is with disorders of that nature and not just kind of getting down to eating disorders, but disorders where there's, you know, just a mismatch between reality and your brain is that you can make progress fairly quickly towards the start because things are so wrong that, you know, a change can make something happen very quickly but when you get to what like you kind of plateau to the point that kind of getting from like 80 percent better to 100 percent better 
will take absolutely years because there's this, always this kind of, I don't know what you'd refer it to it, but there's always this kind of ball and chain that's kind of around your little toe yeah. in, uh, towards the end that just, this is what like grab hold of you and try and pull you back and say, do you remember how you used to feel like that? But just, just because it's a Thursday um, and it's uh, 6.37 p.m., it's going to randomly put this thought in your head that you used to think this about yourself yeah. and you should think that about yourself right now because, you know, <laughs> when you looked at your belly button a minute ago, it was at a slightly weird angle, which means your stomach isn't flat, so you're disgusting. Yeah, so it's just like that, that yeah. last kind of part of, you know, fully kind of gaining control, I guess, is does happen very slowly but you know sounds like you've done like really incredible work on yourself you know to drag yourself you know (laughs) the imagery i get in my head when you kind of said you described depression as a black hole is pretty bleak you know that like to to feel that that horrible so to to have that going on to have anxiety going on to have you know, body dysmorphia and eating disorders going on. And, you know, you dragged yourself out of that hole. So now I take my hat off to you. It's incredible work you've done on yourself. And then to then like go from that to the want to empower people further to overcome what you've overcome is, I think is really beautiful. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, you've, I think you've been an enlightening and wonderful guest um i think we could have spoken for absolutely hours but i appreciate you oh my god yes i literally i could speak all day about it i'm sorry i ramble no, what yeah, I do. You're, well you're, you are welcome back anytime um so yes um any, any any closing thoughts that you would like to add to help inspire people to get their shit together putting on the spot completely yeah no I just I just think if you know if anyone feels like anything that we've discussed today could remotely be like them speak to someone you know find me on Facebook or Instagram actually Instagram's a nice happier place for me so find me on Instagram um chat you know I'll help I'll do what I can I will listen I'll point you in the right direction um but yeah, I just, I think if anyone feels like they're not enough, then, you, you know, ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Sometimes asking for help and not accepting it is the first step, <laughs> you know? Um, this I know that sounds really silly, but it is. Once yeah. you've spoken to someone about it, you know, you've you've kind of accepted it, you're there. And yeah. that, that is, that's the first step is accepting and becoming aware of whatever it is that is affecting your life. Um, and then you can figure out how to find a, a, a happier place, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, change wonderful. the algorithm on Instagram. If you don't like Instagram or you want to leave social media, change the algorithm. Find happier things to look at. You're looking at the wrong things. That's yeah. genuinely how I feel. That really annoys me with Instagram. It's like, stop looking at the influencers, delete them, delete the celebrities, follow dogs. They make you better. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs make you better. You know, you heard it here first.
And just uh, finally, um, Gabriella is one of the lucky few people who's uh, currently testing out my uh, brand new course, uh, Anxiousness to Awesomeness, which is like a four-week course that is going to teach people how to reduce and control um, their anxiety. I mean, um, you're one of the people I thought of doing it. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on, on it so far? Yeah, I'm really, really excited to get really deep and involved in it. Um, I haven't started it fully yet because, as you, you know, you've, you've just got it out. Yeah. Um, but it looks amazing. Um, and as someone who isn't an academic, um, it's not very daunting and it's, it hasn't scared me. And I thought it would uh, when I agreed to do it. I was a little bit nervous, if I'm completely honest. But looking at it now, I am, you know, I feel quite excited to do it it's, it's it's a new challenge um yeah I, i'm really looking forward to it and I'll, I'll let you know how awesome i am afterwards well there's no doubt you'll be absolutely wonderful <laughs> awesome, I'm sure. so yeah if you're interested in buying the course uh, you can find that at uh, justcoaching.co.uk if you look in the show notes there will be a link to uh, to purchasing it uh anyway thanks for listening today and i'll catch you for another episode soon Enjoyed today's episode? Then give us a rating and hit subscribe. Head to gistcoaching.co.uk to read blogs, get in touch or find out more about working directly with Chris to get your shit together.